0: Welcome back to episode four of SOS Library, a podcast where three girls from New York with absolutely no expertise gives their honest opinion on the good, the bad, the overhyped, and the underrated. As always, we have Stan. Hello, Shan, hi, and Lynn. So today we're gonna be talking about Pachinko episode three. We took notes this time. Two The Unfortunates by J.K. Choku, which was our book club book of the month, and any other notable books of march diving straight into this because we are on a time limit today pachinko episode three well for the
1: sunja one which is like arguably the main storyline i think i consider it the main i agree yeah she gets pregnant and they she and hansu break up and a new character is introduced isaac who is this ill man he's so ill he's like a sick boy it's like his personality trait. Yeah. He's he's driven by God and illness. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he gets nursed by Sunja's mother. Um, and they become acquainted. Wait. Um, before you talk about how they become acquainted, I do want to call out one of the funniest
2: scenes that we've seen so far. Oh, yeah. Which is... He is literally, like, ill and dying and, like, kind of recovering and overhears this whole awkward conversation between Sinja and her mother about Sinja being pregnant out of wedlock, and is just staring into space while listening the entire time.
1: Yeah, his, his, her mom is just like, you've ruined yourself and, like, what are we going to do? And then it, like, pans to, like, his eye, like, opening once. Like, while he's covered in blood. <laughs> yeah, he's, like, sickly and he's just like, I can't leave this situation. <laughs>
0: This episode had a lot of good facial
1: expressions.
0: Yes, for
1: sure. It was the best episode thus far, I think.
0: Yeah, I agree. So what I what I took notes on about were also like, because we're watching it with Stan's significant other, and he hasn't read the book. So it was very interesting to see his take on the, the show and what he thought was happening. Because it's very different from what we... As readers, from, yeah, as readers know about the show, like from his comments, he had no idea that Sunja was the grandmother. But like
1: we just oh, yeah. assumed,
0: like we assume that it is the grandmother because we know,
1: like because we read the book, right? Right. So um, he, I guess, I guess the show, I guess, didn't make it clear enough that yeah, these are related. <laughs> yeah. So I,
0: I guess my notes are most more focused on that too.
1: Yeah. So I guess in the future. With Solomon's arc, there was a really great scene between Sunja, who's a grandmother now, and the older woman who wouldn't sell her property to Solomon's company. And I really hope that Americans who watch this show can appreciate the scene between the two older women. I feel like it's not really shown in Western TV I feel like it's usually there's an older person bestowing wisdom onto a younger, prettier, or handsome protagonist, and they just don't just sit down, have a meal, and reminisce about the past in a meaningful way.
2: Yeah, I do think in Western television, that kind of relationship is played for laughs for like a younger audience to be like, ah, look at the old folks talking about back in the day.
1: Yeah, but I think the angle that this scene was played out was specifically like, no, actually, the young guy Solomon in this case should just be quiet and listen. <laughs> and he did, and he was. And he did. Yeah. And he was rewarded for it because in the end, she sold. yeah she sold the house to the company. They definitely added more emphasis on the house deal
0: in the show than in the book. Because they mm-hmm. have, you know, they built that relationship between the two grandmothers. But they also added more background to why Sunja decided to keep her child that wasn't in the book. It was a very sweet moment. She's a great yeah. actress. We also thought that the actor who played Isaac was way too hot to be Isaac. He was <laughs> way too healthy. That man is way too hot. <laughs> he's
1: much, he's much more attractive than Lee Minho. Ho. Hold on. There was a moment when Sunja and Isaac are like walking down like a path in the market towards lunch, I think. And then they see, Sunja sees Hansu for the first time since their breakup. And I made an audible, like really unattractive, like, ooh, like noise. I think that sets Shan off. I thought that was really funny. I didn't mean to. I didn't mean (laughs) to make that noise. It was just instinctive when I saw Hansu that I was just like, ooh, like it's him again.
2: (laughs) But also I feel like when I was reading the book specifically, like I accepted that like Isaac was not someone she was ever really physically attracted to. Um, How because he not? was, well, in the book, right? Because he's not described as being attractive. He's like described as being like very sickly and not very able to like take care of himself very well. And when I saw that scene and then heard Stan's noise, it was so funny because I was just like, obviously, she's going to fall in love with this secondary lead. And why wouldn't she? That man is fine.
1: He's so attractive. <laughs> like, <laughs> not, not just us three gals just fawning over this man. <laughs> For Who will never hear on this.
0: <laughs> he, like his character is also a great person compared to lee Ho's, right so
1: yeah i would like to think that we find people attractive based on their persona and not just their looks their
0: looks is a bonus
1: yeah okay. i was gonna say
0: <laughs> <laughs> if we're okay. gonna be watching this whole show you know it's nice to have some eye candy
1: you know, the casting director is like nodding along right <laughs> right beside you, being like, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> but now we're I'm excited to watch the next episode. Me too. There was Me also, too. like doesn't
0: he doesn't so compared to like the book, she finds out about the second family that Hanzo has much, much faster.
1: What was the original reason? It was just like that he didn't marry her when she said she was pregnant,
0: I think so, yeah, he all he said was like, "Oh great, like you can come and live with uh, uh live with me or something, but I cannot marry you, and I'll just provide I don't know. did he actually tell her that she, she had a he had a different family then too in the he book?
2: T- in the book, I don't think he told her that then I think it was something he told her later, yeah, but in the show he told her that he would, like, provide for her, I think, in Korea. Yeah. So it's like she was his Korea wife.
1: Korea wife.
2: While
0: he has his Japanese waifu back home.
1: Yeah, I think it's more plausible that he would say it now because she would just be like, why? (laughs) That's
0: true. But there was, like, a whole scene, I think, in the book where she somehow went to visit him at one point. And then that's how she found out. But I I don't know if they're going to show that because there's no point because she already knows that he has a different family.
2: Mm.
1: But seeing the family is different; its own, its own thing, you know? Yeah, I guess so. Uh, do we have anything else to say about this? No, I think I think we're good. That was yeah, great.
0: I think that's it. This was the funniest episode so far. This was great. I love It was
2: the most enjoyable comedy. episode so far. I will also say, um, just to touch on what Lynn mentioned before, which is Stan's partner not knowing, I guess, the connections between the characters, there was a moment where i think your partner asked us like who is like Kyunghee and why why is she taking care of her like who is this and i was just like oh, oh, how could Senjin. you disrespect her
1: <laughs> but <laughs> oh, they don't make yeah, so it clear at all that also happened she she passed she passed away that episode, this past yeah. episode it was so sad well i guess um, they can't
0: just straight out tell you right you have to like you're gonna be like oh why does she care so much about this lady and then later on builds to like why it's so important the like
1: payoff will be cared. later yeah yeah so it makes sense I, like he's
0: confused no i totally agree
2: however i do think that this comes back to one of my issues with the show overall which is that its pacing of introducing characters is so wildly off like they introduced Kyunghee like to, like last episode, I think, and it wasn't until this episode that we met Isaac. And there's still no clear link between these like Isaac no, and absolutely not. until you meet his brother, right? So I'm just like, so you're telling me we're gonna get
1: past we don't even her know death? That. We don't even know that Isaac has a brother at this. point. Exactly,
2: time. that's what I'm saying. Like we have to get past her death in order for that to be meaningful. And at that point, I feel like they've already kind of lost some people.
0: Yeah, I guess it's just because you know there's so much in the book. To tackle so many characters and so many different storylines, like how are they going to bundle it up in a way that makes sense for everybody? I do
1: think that the back half of the book was rushed, but I think the starting point for where they chose for the modern era was a little bit too close to the end. Maybe if yeah. they backed it up a little bit, but then again, they wouldn't be able to make like the parallels between I guess in my, Solomon and Sanja. In my mind, it's like, why
0: did they choose? that storyline right because that storyline is like seems to be like the main focus right now like the whole solomon story it could have
1: been it could have been her her, uh
0: his father yeah like
1: i don't know why they decided
0: to start with solomon
1: it's just solomon's face is too funny not to put on camera that is true (laughs) did a great job this episode yes i wrote he he should be cast in more comedic roles he's perfect for it it's really hard to do comedy, and he aced it. I also wrote that Kim Min ha who plays Young Senja, can work that face for show. Sure. That's what I wrote <laughs> when she's like just pondering or like being introspective about Hansu. She worked that face; those face muscles.
0: She's
2: really cute too. I think she was a really good actress for this role.
0: Well. I'm excited to see episode four. Maybe I'll remember more of it. We'll take more notes.
2: Maybe take more notes on people that aren't Solomon Lynn.
1: (laughs) Uh, I tried. I tried. (laughs) Yeah. um, What I wrote was uh, Sahara, a sophomore college student, writes her school thesis on her college experience through a mixed media format, which includes footnotes, diagrams, poetry, art, and playlists. Um, She talks about her grappling with depression, her relationships with friends and family, and her academic career in a racist institution.
0: What were everybody's overall thoughts? So I think I wanted
2: to like this book more than I did um, because the premise seems so interesting. I really like the idea of like a mixed media type book. It's very like The Candy House by Jennifer Egan or like a heartbreaking work of Staggering Genius by Dave Eggers. Like I've loved those books and I've really enjoyed the different ways they play with like what narrative shape, like physical shape, right? Like things can be made into. And I think those, those are the highlights of the book <laughs> for me, at least like the plot. It was so hard to get through the plot because there was just so much um, in this book, like Stan touched on, you know, racism and, and, Uh, There was like queerness and then uh, there was like mental health uh, in addition to things like friendship and love. So
1: much mental health issues. So
2: much mental health. And like we were all fairly um, busy (laughs) last month and had our own different stressors. And I think reading about someone else's stress was not a good time for me.
1: (laughs) Oh, my God. Her mental health issues gave me mental health issues. (laughs) It was so bad. And like, I
2: felt sorry for this character. And at the same time, I think most of the time my brain was just screaming, Oh my God, go to therapy, please.
0: <laughs> Compared to like a lot of other books that I've read regarding depression, it feels like her depression isn't like it's everywhere in the book. But on the outside, like, people can't really see it. Like, it's very subtle for those around her. But because she's talking about it so much, we can. Like we we know there's something wrong with her, and I think that that maybe hits um, or maybe resonated because I feel like a lot of the times like uh, the depression can manifest in like very small ways that people can't really know or like understand. Yeah. And I feel like that is also kind of how she talks about racism in the book. Because then, like, it's not, like, overt racism, right? She, all like, the racism she talks about is kind of very subtle, too. Like, I think
1: institutional, like, I don't know. Like, it's just. Like, the absorbent textbook fees. Or, like, the deans that don't care about you. Or, like, like the healthcare.
0: Inequities. Doctor's not taking her friend seriously when it comes to, like, how she's feeling and in terms of her own health like
1: yeah not, i like that link that you put yeah. like subtle depression subtle racism both terrible yeah for you. and like it it can tear down or like wear you down
0: like like it did for her because in the very beginning she like was very depressed and she didn't really care about what was going on she didn't want to try to change anything because she was so deep in that depression but then like as the story went on and like her friend had to experience well, I guess her friend passed away. It made her realize you know like she had to be more active in controlling her depression and more active in dealing with the racism within the school itself.
2: I think you're right, Lynn, like this book really does do a good job of showing how depression can hide itself, right, because I think for a while a lot of people a lot of people in the story thought that she just had a drinking problem, yeah, and like Accepted it, right? Because it's like, oh, well, she's a college student. Like, this is normal. We all have our own, like, issues. (laughs) Yeah. Which I think is very fair for, like, a college mentality. I think my issue with the way it was portrayed is because, you know, again, we we are privy to, like, all of her private thoughts. It's such an overwhelming read versus, like, knowing that none of the other characters are really seeing it.
1: Yeah. So, I think the issue for me was... She, so in the story, she uses a lot of abbreviations for names yes. to maintain anonymity in this fictional thesis. But for me, all it did was create confusion over who was who and also simultaneously, it dehumanizes them when I think they really needed to feel human. Like she refers to her depression as her life partner, but instead of saying depression or even life partner, she says LP. And instead of saying that, like her friend's name or her best friend's name, she would say ride or die. But instead of ride or die, she would, you know, abbreviate it to R.O.D. And I felt like that created a line in the sand where it felt like I couldn't. It was really hard for me, especially like reading it sparsely to maintain my sanity to get back into it being like oh yeah I'm invested in ROD's arc or in you know this thread or this conversation because I couldn't remember like who was who
2: yeah and to that point the one character she does name Mariah is the one character I genuinely felt like I had more of a connection to because I had a name
1: yeah yeah names are really powerful and I feel like When the author took that away, I wasn't sure if it was intentional or if it was just a kind of tool, you know, a quirk of the formula or the format that she was using in the story. But I wasn't sure if it was, I wasn't sure if I'm 100%, if I was 100% on board with it.
2: I think it was just a stylistic choice. And she kind of like reasoned it out as, you know, the book itself is modeled after like a theoretical like thesis
1: uh that's being turned in it was cheeky
2: yeah and so the reasoning was oh people who you know identities that i'm protecting because they're still either at the school or you know i don't want to describe them too deeply for fear of like connections and stuff like that
0: but i think it also like ruins the twist or like the big plot point that happens later on because we know what's going to happen to Mariah. Like, we called it from the very beginning. Kind of. You called it. <laughs> I think
1: you, you were, called it, and I was like, very, yeah, I can see it.
0: You were very on the nose with that. Well, that's because I only thought about that because Shan made a mention about how, like, there's only one character who's actually named. Or, like, I don't know. Somebody said something about how everybody's abbreviated, and I'm like, wait, there's one person who isn't. So dun, dun, something's going to happen dun. to her. So I don't know if that's, like, a plus or a con against the book. But it could, like – because cause the whole time I was just, like, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? When is that turning point?
2: Honestly, she I think dropped. that was me because I made a joke about how – I forget who it was, but she was calling people, like, C1 or, like, HB1. And I was, like, every time she says some of these, I'm thinking about, like, supplement vitamins. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I will say that I learned that the next time I think someone's being rude or isn't my friend, I'll reason it's because they are also, you know, suffering through crippling depression and therefore aren't in the mindset to have a healthy relationship with me yet. <laughs> it's the perfect excuse. Oh
2: my God. <laughs> I will it's say, though, I, I really enjoyed some of the formats that the chapters took. Like the one chapter that was like styled as a, a, a Scantron test, I think. Um, yes, that was fun. Yeah. And like Lynn really, that was like her jam. She immediately like ciphered it out for us, which was great because I wasn't doing it.
1: (laughs) Oh yeah. I was like, I'm just, I know she did it already. So I'm just going to read it. I'm not going to bother. But it was a very fun visual. I did wish with the artwork that was, you know, throughout the book that I wish it was R.O.D.'s artwork instead of just like some Maybe it could have artwork. been, but we don't know.
0: Oh,
2: I thought it was her aunt's artwork from like the zine that she never, zine, zine, um, that she never returned.
0: Oh. That could be it too.
2: I will I say her absolutely sure. gaslighting the librarian and being like, I don't, I don't even know what that is. I didn't even take it out. <laughs> it was so funny to me.
1: Yeah, it was there was some humor in the story as well. I really we all liked the subplot about her roommate gaslighting her about stealing toilet paper and it had a great payoff at the end. Um, that also inherently ties to the microaggressions and racism and just disrespect <laughs> that the character had to deal with. I thought that was great. Yeah, I don't really know how I feel about the book. You guys both gave it four stars.
0: It was good. I gave it four stars? I thought I gave it three. No, you gave it four.
2: I
1: did? Whoops. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I gave it three stars because I just thought it was a little bit disconnected for me. Like, I couldn't really connect with it, but I appreciated it for what it was. I just wasn't sure if, it, if the execution was the way I, I, I liked it. And also, it was very hard to read in a, in a bad way. I remember why I gave it an extra star. It's because I really enjoyed her
2: humor about like growing up religious. Cause I was like, I get this. <laughs> like there were enough references where I was just like, this is funny to me because
1: it's also deeply traumatizing <laughs> to me. Mm. <laughs> I think maybe that's why I didn't connect with it also. Cause I didn't grow up in a religious household. So those probably flew over my head.
0: I think I gave it four. Cause. I felt like I related to her a lot cuz I was Hopefully not too it was, much. It was not a great month. Yeah, um, I agree so with that. So, I think that that was why and I was like, wow, like I understand. <laughs> uh, I really, yeah. There was like one uh one line that I wrote down cuz I was like, hmm, this is kind of me too, like whenever I read like offer an opinion about something i would just simply say like cool or like it's okay or it's great you know like because her the quote that i wrote down was like she was worried that anything uh, i love about the graphic novel would be a misreading a surface level interpretation general fodder um and that's why she just says cool and fascinating about the graphic novel and i feel Mm -hmm. like that's me usually when i read or like or just anything in general because I feel like I would be, be like misreading something or anything I have to say about it would be very surface level so I just try to not say anything and just be like yeah it was good
1: so that for what it's
2: worth me. I think you have great takes
1: thank you what I'm if the, what is this podcast topics. if not this elaborating is yeah it's <laughs> not is elaborating practice. on your opinions
0: this is practice I, for me
1: I, I, the, I will say there was one some there was another quote Or like when she's talking when um, her depression, her life partner is talking about how like, oh, you shouldn't do this because they'll hate you or because you're going to do something wrong. You're going to mess it up and blah, blah blah. like all these excuses for why she shouldn't do something because like of her own faults. I can totally see how people can like that rabbit hole of being like, oh, yeah, they don't like you. They don't like you and that's why they didn't didn't return your call and that's why they made that certain look and that's why they did this and that and that's why you should do this so that you don't get hurt. Like the defense mechanism of that was really well narrated um, and also brutal. It was so sad. (laughs) Like we don't want to think like that, but it can't be helped sometimes. Yeah, I agree. I think everybody has like a moment like that yeah there was also another
2: really great depiction um with her terrible friend c one, where it's like it's very clear this person is like very well off right, and they have a background like an ethnic background that is similar to her, if not almost identical, and they like lean into it more and more accepted by the community and it's very clear that like the main character feels intimidated. By this friend I think in the book she goes by C1 or something like that yeah Yeah, C1 um and when she's like finally asserting her boundary with this person towards the end of the book and she like very pettily divides everything up for like the beers and the drinks they've had and like makes her pay for it even though she can't really afford it it just reminded me of like a really toxic friendship that I had when I was in like high school college and how like I was so I was so relieved for her you know when that moment came and I was so proud of the main character because I remember how like viscerally painful and hard that was for me so there are some really like good moments in this book
1: yeah I don't know I guess it is a good book in that it reminded me of all of the terrible things that (laughs) all the terrible friendships that one could have and how brutal and like time-consuming it can be (laughs) when the good ones are right there (laughs) it's a good book
0: about sad and depressing things
1: yeah if you want to be if you want to read about like depression distilled in a very unique way i think this is a good book for it um but i also would advise people read it when they're in a certain mindset because if they're they're, down yeah because this girl is actively trying to end her life like multiple times we didn't even touch upon there's some heavy trigger warnings for suicidal ideation and depression and like anxiety and substance abuse
0: (laughs) yeah
2: actually now that you mention it there were a couple moments in this book that were genuinely kind of triggering for me as someone who like comes from a family with alcohol abuse like tendencies um there were moments where i was like Whoo, this is really close to home and i need to put the book down (laughs)
1: Yeah, so heavy, heavy trigger warnings, which given the book's cover, which is very bright and animated, kind of a kind of a cloak, <laughs> an elusive cloak for a book jacket.
2: I will say, I also thought this was going to be more of a thriller than it was.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah? I guess yeah. the blurb makes it out to be like... Like, oh,
2: students are disappearing. What's happening?
1: Oh. Yeah. And the answer is institutionalized racism.
2: Nice. In higher education spaces,
1: so the way she describes
0: the unfortunates are like the other people of color who no longer or decides to to no longer go to that school, right? I I wasn't sure if she meant like people who has
1: passed who have passed.
0: I think it's a combination students. of both. It's a both, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. And how like the retention rate of people of color in these academic institutions are not because they can't make it. From, it's because they line. create
2: like hostile environments for the students, which like right. very fair point, totally understandable. I think the author did a really good job with that, um, but heavy. Yeah.
1: Okay. The next book we're gonna read for book club is. It was chosen. <laughs> by... Something not light. Read the title, Lynn. Yeah, it's not light. So it's <laughs> it's from like a, uh, a a a heavy book to another heavy book,
0: probably. Um, it's it was picked by Shan's partner. They Can't Kill Us Until They Kill Us by Hanif Abduraki. I just I think it's so funny that you
2: think this is going st- to be a heavy book.
0: It, it's not going to be?
2: <laughs> You know what? I will let you decide, but
1: for... I can't believe you read it already, Shan.
2: I okay, first of all, I read it years ago. I read it like before the pandemic happened or like I didn't right around know you
1: read it already. Yeah, we wouldn't have chosen it if you read it already.
2: My partner has wanted to read this for a very long time. It was initially supposed to be something that we read together, but it just never happened. And So you honestly, were just
1: three years ahead of him.
2: I'm gonna be very <laughs> honest with you. I can only remember certain parts. Like, I oh, just no. know that I enjoyed so, it. Was it memorable?
1: <laughs> what are you talking about? I love Hanif. I'm going to go see him. We're all going to go see him. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, he's in yeah. the show. Oh. oh, this is good. We should read this before we see him. Yeah, yeah we
0: are. <laughs> I don't think I've read anything from any of the panelists.
1: Really? Oh, you nope. should read. Well, I, I've raved about how the word is passed. So yeah. yeah. You need to read it. I've for read sure.
2: Clint's poetry books. I read the one that recently came out, Above Ground. And then I read uh, his first one, Counting Descent, and both phenomenal.
1: I don't know. I'm not really big on poetry. No, don't I, read the poetry. Read the, <laughs> How the Word is Passed. It's, okay, it's good. I,
0: try. I feel like as long as I read this one book, I'm good for the panel. I think oh, you'll be yeah, great for true. the panel. Yeah,
1: but yes,
2: all this to say, I'm so excited. Um, I can't wait.
1: Yay! So yeah, read it with us. They're a series of essays, right?
0: Yes, it's a series of essays. I mean, I guess it's not going to be dark, according to Shan.
2: I I just think the title is very intimidating, but the subject matter is varied.
1: That's great.
0: So there there will be some that might be heavy.
1: I just love (laughs) the cover. I do. The cover cover. is this man in like athletic jumpsuit, wear like a gold chain with a wolf's head. amazing. Ugh, I like, can't wait. What We're all going to go cover. on a journey together. I can't yes. wait to
2: send you both Hanif tweets, because once you, you read the book, you'll understand his sense of humor.
1: <laughs> oh, yay. I love a, a good sense of humor. He's got I'm a great good. one. What are some honorable
0: mentions for March, ladies?
1: Yeah, my, my headspace was very strange this past month, but I did read, so I guess I don't... I have bad book and good book in like question marks because I don't really consider them that bad or that good um but for my bad question mark book I I chose (laughs) looking for Alaska by John Green um wow I did not see this coming (laughs) go on (laughs) I'm ready for the hot take I mean I feel like so many people have read it and everyone has an opinion about it but I don't know any of them I've never read it before, but I have read John Green books before. And it's usually young teenager, illness or some mental health issue. Yeah. Turning point. Resolution. And this was kind of no exception. And so you I also guess...
2: forgot like super small white town.
1: Oh yeah, sure. A suburban nobody place. Um in this case it was Florida, I wanna say. It was hot. They were, like, sweaty for a lot of it. <laughs> um, but I will say these are – this book is perfect for a teenager in high school just going through it. <laughs> um, And I think I read this because we have to read a book from the banned books list for our reading oh. challenge. And this one's on the list a lot because really? – why Uh, there is so much smoking and drinking in this book have these people read the perks of being a wallflower i bet that's banned too yeah i wouldn't be surprised yeah that was also not great either
2: yeah i agree (laughs) (laughs)
1: um but i think it's just because we're older and it's just like reading It's like reading children, just getting up to some tomfoolery and me being a grumpy grump, being like, oh, there goes those kids again, drinking their their sorrows away. But they don't really have that many sorrows. They just have school. Um, Except for, like, the girl. She is actually, you know, depressed and has issues. But the other guys, they're like, they're just like adding alcohol to milk and drinking it by the gallons for what reason there's no reason because they're dumb kids if anything this should be not on the banned books list because reading it will make you go oh is that what people want to do that sounds awful and be (laughs) deterred from doing it (laughs) um yeah not not for for me um who Personally I hate smoking in general tomfoolery and I'm actually 90 years old so I was
2: about to say you've never sounded like more of a curmudgeon than in that
1: moment <laughs> That was my like bad book It's like not bad enough to be banned I don't think any book should be banned but this one especially John Green gets too much hate for it It was fine it was just a little too much drinking for my liking and smoking they like chain smoke their way to the end of the book but anyways
2: smoking is bad kids
1: (laughs) uh I can yeah smoking really is I've seen people come in with just clouds of smoke and they look so old it's awful it smells so bad too. it's so bad for your skin don't smoke because it's bad for your skin it's got nothing to do
2: with your lungs just vanity I mean (laughs) yeah if you want to be vain
0: smoke I mean, is at not that great point, for it you're smoking even though you know it's gonna kill your lungs like they don't care about their lungs anymore yeah
1: they care about that nicotine <laughs>
2: <laughs> this is our comedy episode
1: these these children they just need that nicotine all right anyways the other the other books that i guess were pretty good um where I read notes on an execution by Danya Um, I think that's how you, I didn't look it up, Lynn. So like Lynn does. So apologies if I get the name wrong. But it was a thriller about an imprisoned serial killer, and his story is told through the eyes of the women he has affected or surrounding his life so one is like his mother for example and another is like a victim's um relative and so on and so forth very good writing very like edge of your seat what's gonna happen it was good i would recommend it and a surprising read was a, a book called mika in real life by imiko jean which is just a run-of-the-mill sort of young, not young, adult fiction about a woman who gave up her child um, when she was very young. And this, I think like 16 years later, this child of hers finds her and wants to reconnect. And she decides to lie about who she is because her life is sort of a mess and like the story kind of goes from there and it was surprisingly heartwarming and mature and not annoying which Mm -hmm. I feel like when you don't have your life together it can feel really annoying to read sort of like the unfortunates (laughs) but I thought that the author did a really good job and I was like, "Wow, I, I mean, I was like surprised. I don't know why I was surprised. I just thought it would be like corny or like cheesy or repetitive, but it wasn't any of those things." So it sounds like me and Bullet Train. Yeah, maybe where you just don't know what you're, or maybe you have an idea of what you're expecting going in, and it completely doesn't. It exceeds those expectations, or you had poor expectations going in, and then it yeah, blew it out I had the water. like a connotation in my head. Which yeah. you know poo poo me for having that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have any great books.
0: for <laughs> March, they were all mid, so the mid
1: threes or mid fours, mid fours, hmm. mid threes. So not mid. Well, they were like threes. wow.
0: They were like threes and then one two. Oh wow, wow. That's, that's pretty bad. That's so a disappointing month. Yeah. So the first one was the Christie affair, which I kind of mentioned last episode. Um, basically, like, the premise of the book was interesting, right? A look into why and and what Agatha Christie did when she dispa- disappeared for 11 days. But it felt more like that was a side plot that happened to coincide with the main storyline. Since the story was more focused on her husband's mistress and her, like, ordeal and her, and her issues. Um, but it felt like a cop-out. Because it was like you said, it was I got click I I got clickbaited by the title.
1: (laughs) Don't you hate when you read like three hundred pages and you find out they freaking clickbaited you? Yeah. Also, I I love the
2: idea of being clickbaited by a physical thing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I just don't know. Like Stan put it best. Like it's clickbait. Like the title was clickbait.
2: Oh no, I agree with you. It's just like in concept, I love that idea of something physical being clicky, you
0: know?
1: Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. The like, cover was, was just nice. so alluring. The okay, this do alluring. be
2: happening. I get it.
0: <laughs> but I wasn't clickbaited by the title, I was clickbaited by the the blurb. Um but yeah, that was like one of the books I read this month. And then the other one, uh, Lost Causes of Bleak Creek by Rhett McLaughlin and Link O'Neill. <laughs> It was the self insert fanfiction. Oh no! The main characters are them. Wait, did you read this
2: for that prompt about something that started as fanfiction or did you just read it and not realize it was self insert?
0: I I read it not realizing it was self insert. Oh no. I gave it, uh, I used this book for a book set in the decade I was born, Um, but after reading it, the. It's basically self-insert fan fiction because the main, so their names are Rhett and Link. The main characters' mm-hmm. names are Rex and Leaf. No!
1: No, uh, that's the not the even subtle. It's,
0: it's not. The attitudes, uh, their families, their mannerism, and even their food preferences are the same as Rhett and Link. And like, I do not for, love this. For fans of Good Mythical Morning, they told a story about how they both dated the same girl as their first girlfriend oh not at the god. same time
1: they're but, too close
0: but they like they were both dating the same girl
1: they're or, too no. close
0: the same girl was their first girlfriend and i like the that it sounded the book, like stan leaned closer to the mic i to say did that. <laughs> but like even the girl in the book they both liked which is a nod to that same girl they dated oh god
2: that's too much that's just an autobiography or a biography
1: yeah i was just about to say that's not a fiction book that might as well be a memoir yeah but the thing is like the
0: the the storyline aside from these characters is like about like a weird creepy creepy cultish religion and sacrificing kids
1: to um, and then they solve the murder
0: Honestly, no. Oh, great! What? They solve it. <laughs> they solve it, but because the whole town is in on it, they can't do anything about it. Oh, great! So it ends like very
1: bleakly. Yeah, it was a lost cause. The kids are lost causes, just like the title says. Yeah, but like, what did you expect?
0: <laughs> it was. It was. It, uh, the story was interesting because it's like it's got some sci-fi fantasy elements in it but it's just i can't get out of the um i just can't you know it's weird it's just weird you know it's it's it's, it's
1: thumb my eyes have a faraway glaze to them (laughs) i feel
0: like it might have been easier it might have been better if they didn't self-insert themselves in this book
1: um but i think that's a general rule of thumb for all writers out there please we're begging please don't put self inserts into your writing please we don't want to read it just write a memoir I don't know if you've ever if either one of you has ever watched Riverdale but this book just sounds
2: like a season of Riverdale I cannot even lie
0: no all I know is Riverdale is based off of what um Archie it might as well be based off of X-Men Oh, I was going to say, Looking for Alaska
1: by John Green. It literally, like,
2: it has so little in common with the Archie. Like, (laughs) pretend that you never heard that it was inspired by Archie. Just pretend, because it doesn't matter. Like, it's so wildly different. Okay. (laughs) Lynn, like, I don't know how to tell you this, but, like, they gain superpowers at some point. (laughs) That never happens in the Archie comics.
0: I thought it was just a darker version of Archie.
2: It like went off the walls after season one. I only watched season one and then I was like mildly interested in season two and I saw what they did with it and I went nah, but I still follow some of the actors and actresses on Instagram. Uh, and so I, I think around season five, they get superpowers. Like what is oh going on gosh. in the Archie cinematic universe?
0: I just know that one of the Sprouse twins is in it as Jughead. Anyways, Correct. <laughs> that was my second book. And then the last one is the self-published one. The Blue Mage, Raised by Dragons. (laughs) I've mentioned this. This book was doing too much at once. Anything you can think (laughs) about when it comes to fantasy was in this book. (laughs) The uh, The writing was too jumping and meta. Like, things were introduced too quickly and then resolved too quickly. Like, things weren't explained well. But then also, like... I read the online version, but also saw that the author had a note that they would be editing the story for publication. So maybe the actual physical book would be different. But from what I read, it was just everywhere. But at least it was the self insert. That is true. But I still like that self insert better than this book.
1: Yeah, it sounded (laughs) like it sounds like a hot mess. I'm not gonna lie.
0: Yeah, I can't
1: believe you read it like front to back.
0: Well, I read it, <laughs> the only time I read it was when I, when I was at the gym, when I was like resting between sets. Wow. That was the
1: only time. And you finished it.
0: And I finished it. It took about a month. You must have been uh, resting a, a lot.
1: <laughs> took about a month. That's but yeah, brutal. What a rough March. March.
0: <laughs> it was fine. I don't think I read that much, but I think uh, April should be better. So.
1: Fingers, Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Oh my God. <laughs> jinx oh my god we're twins (laughs) (laughs) well you guys have like
0: almost the same name that's true last one letter
1: all right
2: shan what are your books do you want me to talk about the bad book or the good book first that's up to you
1: let's end on a high so let's start with the bad
2: Okay, (laughs) so arguably one of the worst books I've read in a really, really long time. Um, It's called Really Good Actually by Monica Heisey and it was really bad, actually. Um, Let me preface this by saying that I do think this book could serve some people really well and by some people really well, I mean white women who are straight and in their (sighs) late 20s, (laughs) early 30s. And don't they like have enough complain. self-help books? This isn't a self-help book. This is like <laughs> the exact opposite of a self-help book. It's like a self-wallow book. Um, rolling <laughs> my eyes. Let me read you the review. Like I don't write reviews on Goodreads. I just write them in my journal because I don't need people seeing all of my thoughts. Um,
1: <clears throat> what is this podcast? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Whatever this we want it anonymous. to be you know exactly
2: nobody knows who we are this was really bad actually like at some point i was debating giving this two stars but then it hit the point where she gets drunk at a wedding breaks her only friend's hip and then dot 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 <gasps> is still a terrible person like she continues to be absolute trash when her older friend is in the hospital with a broken hip then moves in with her dad while he ignores her honestly my hero is the therapist who at some point looks her dead in the eye and says what we're all thinking when she says has it ever occurred to you that you're the disaster here and i have never wanted to hug a fictional character more <laughs> the we can premise a hug yeah the the premise of the story is that this main character is going through a divorce after being married for less than a year and uh, just like one reentering into a society where everyone is more interested in the end of the marriage than what actually happened when they were married. Mm. And initially I did feel a little sorry for her because it kind of sounded like her ex-husband was shitty. But the more you read the book, the more you realize they were both shitty and they were shitty to each other for a long time. Um, Which is the
1: truth in most marriages probably.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Like it's a conscious choice and it's something you work on. Uh, And she, the main character chose to not work on it. And then, the realistic thing about this book and I appreciated that the book did this is that literally her entire circle like her family, her friends, her therapist, um her coworkers, none of them were like, "Yeah, girl, you're right. Like you're doing great. You're doing the right thing." Literally everyone is like, "You're a trash." And people start drawing boundaries with her, um and telling her like, "We're not doing this anymore. We're not putting up with your bullshit. Like you're just being straight up terrible and you need to get help and go to therapy." Um it just went on for way too long. <laughs> And the character is not redeemable at all, and I really wanted to like it because I think the author is actually uh, a writer for Shit's Creek or was one of the main writers for Shit's Creek, and when Lynn was talking about self-insert, I had this moment of, wouldn't it be wild if the author also went through something similar, and I regret to inform you that she did. Oh <laughs>
1: uh, no, this was self-insert? This is literally a self-insert. It's another, how are we... In this self-insert universe. And I just didn't
2: realize it until Lynn was talking about it. And I was like, oh, maybe I should look at this.
1: (laughs) What? I guess Uh, she just wanted to be
0: validated.
2: Yeah. Uh, And I have this interview here. I'll send it in the chat here uh, that I found that I kind of skimmed through. And literally, like, she is talking about how, like, women come up to me in coffee shops and talk to me about their divorces now. Wild.
0: How did the book end for the character?
2: Um she's going to therapy regularly. She's living at home with her dad. Um she's like starting to take better care of herself, working out, eating better. Uh is trying to reestablish connections with all the people she isolated when she was just bottom of the barrel. Um her friends like are tentatively reaccepting her. Uh like she's clearly kind of on the up and up but it's not like happy
0: Mm -hmm. well at that point why not just write a memoir
1: I know (laughs) because you have to be vulnerable for a memoir and you don't have to be that way for a fictionalized character so get some balls guys just do it (laughs) there's so many memoirs out there just do it
2: (laughs) Be like Nike. Just do it. Just do it.
1: <laughs> not sponsored. <laughs> now Always... I'm, like, really scared. I'm like, is are the books that I've read a self-insert? Like, I'm scared to Google these authors now. I haven't, <laughs> but now I'm scared. <laughs> Very valid fear. I
2: was not expecting this to be a self-insert.
1: Yeah. I guess I did read a memoir through When Breath Becomes Air by paul colon nithy which was disappointing also <laughs> fair but i don't speak ill of the dead so nothing else <laughs> shall be said <laughs> <laughs> moving on oh so actually the- sorry can i no, just no, say ahead. something yeah so another really shitty thing about looking for Alaska that I did not like was the character is really concerned with last words like the last words of famous people I don't know why um but one of them that he mentioned was Grant's last words which was the (laughs) tie-in which was this is Ulysses Grant for people who aren't Caught up with our podcast um and for reference, Dan read a whole biograph uh biography about him. Yes, by Ron Chernout, it's excellent. you should read it. um but he was like, "Oh yeah, Grant's last words were was water, and he was like, "That's really lame. and in That's my it? head water? something like asking for water, And he was like, "How lame is that? You know, it's not as memorable as some of you know the Southern confederate last words which were usually during battles or whatever. And I was like, bro, this man had throat cancer. Of course he wanted some goddamn water. He was dying. Anyways, I could not stand the disrespect. That is all.
2: (laughs) Justice for Grant in looking for Alaska.
1: Yeah. Grant was great, guys. Lay off him. He had (laughs) a huge tumor in his throat. Anyways, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> I digress.
0: <laughs> Anyways, uh, Shan, your
2: good book? Oh, yes. My good book is um, Babel by R.F. Kwong.
0: Oh, you liked it? Yay.
2: I did really like it. I think I think it's really funny because I read Babel and then I read The Unfortunates and both of these books play around with the concept of footnote a lot. Um, mm. And so it was interesting to me to see the difference. Uh not in a comparative way, just in a I read this right before I read the other book way. Um, I do think that my only real criticism of Babel is that sometimes the footnotes can be like a quarter of the page. <laughs> and sometimes I will just, I'm just going to say it. It's the author just giving their opinion instead of it being like an actual footnote for reference. Oh,
1: interesting. Yeah. Like, I was... I was just going to recommend you another book that is very footnote heavy. I don't mind the footnotes. I like the footnotes.
2: Um, It's just that I think in Babel, a lot of the footnotes are genuinely like linguistic um, things I wouldn't have known because the whole thing kind of centers around language. Uh, Not to spoil it for anyone else. But I think one of the interesting things is I don't know a lot about languages. I really only speak English Um, and like a very interesting patois that my parents speak from their home country uh and so there's like a lot of notes on like tones for chinese um
0: oh the mama mama ma. Mm-hmm. um
2: there are some notes on patois because one of the characters speaks like a haitian like french creole patois which is interesting um and and I found those genuinely, like, it was kind of like reading a textbook, but not, right? Because it's not as dry as a textbook, and you're invested in the characters. Yeah. Um, uh, again, if you are going to read this book, spoilers. Um, Wait,
1: we do want to read it.
2: Okay, so then I will not say this, but uh, <laughs> all I'm going to say is that some of the things that I felt when reading really good, actually, like, I
1: also felt... <laughs>
2: when i was reading um babble towards a very specific character
1: um another self-insert no just kidding no not not a self-insert it's just
2: there are moments where i would get frustrated with some of the characters but not because they were making poor decisions like in really good actually it was because i think the author did a really good job of building up this character so that not only do you understand them, but you are frustrated by them because you understand why they're saying the things that they're saying, even though they're like irrepressible, like so wrong.
1: <laughs> yeah, I can't wait to read it. It's been yeah, very hyped I, up. It's been very hyped
2: up. And I honestly was kind of expecting to hate it. I, I will say it does drag sometimes um, because R.F. Kong is very into the world building, um, but I enjoyed that. <laughs>
0: I'm excited to read that, but also her other book that's supposed to come out this year called... Oh, Yellow Face? Yeah.
2: Me too, that seems like it's going to be pretty yeah. good. Um, This is also my first RF Kong book, which, again, very high high setting expectations with this one.
1: Yeah, she's I, pretty well known. I have not read any of hers, so we'll see. I was going to say, if you like footnote type of stories, I read... um. Jonathan, Norwell, and Mr. Strange.
2: Um, oh, it's so funny that you mentioned yeah, that book. Yeah,
1: per, because Piranesi. Yeah, Piranesi is written by her as well. Which, which I didn't just realized. <laughs> which you also just finished.
2: And I very um, much enjoyed it.
1: And that was, I think, an excellent book, but it is like a thousand pages long. Mm. And the footnotes do go on for <laughs> like there are certain times when the whole page is just footnotes because they will just tell a completely other story. Yeah. It's like stories within stories. Babel is the same. Like so, yeah. there's like
2: stories within stories in the footnotes sometimes. So if you skip them, it, it, you're missing out on like key pieces of information. I will also say that I read this book as a physical book, and then alternated between the ebook that I had borrowed from the library because I would read it on my commute to work, and this is a big book, and I didn't want to lug it with me. It was so hard to read digitally
1: <laughs> because oh, to flip it around,
2: yeah, because the footnotes are like all the way in the back of the ebook, and so I was like disrupting my experience to go back and forth. Versus, wait, like but
1: was- usually the footnotes are you know uh, linked, hyperlinked.
2: Yeah, but it was still very frustrating for me after reading the physical copy where the footnote is right there. So I'm not like, you know, it it was just, it was disjointing for me. And I think I have grown to really like eBooks over
1: the last couple of years,
2: but this was not a pleasant eBook experience for me specifically.
1: Okay, so recommend the physical copy then. Yes. I wonder how they would even audiobook that stuff.
2: I'm so curious. If either one of you (laughs) listens to the audiobook, please let me know.
0: Will do. All right. So I know time is almost up. So let's quickly go over what books we're currently reading.
1: So Stan, do you want to hit it? Oh, God, I'm reading three (laughs) books at once right now. And I started them all at the same time. Um, (laughs) I'm reading A Lady for a Duke by Alexis Hall, which is a a historical romance that centers on a trans woman. So that's very exciting. Very good so far. Um, I'm reading The Alloy of Law by Brandon Sanderson, which is the fourth Mistborn book in the series. Um, I just started that. So have no idea if it's good or not yet. And I also just started A Man Called Ove or Ove by Frederick Bachman, which oh. Shannon and Lynn have both read and they they loved it. I've seen people review it and being like, fine, I like it. It's so charming. It's so great. It, it, you know, melted my ice cold heart, yada, yada, yada. So I was like, fine, I'll read it. Will
2: it melt Stan's ice cold heart? We yeah, it's a We'll find out in the next episode. It's a
1: resident curmudgeon. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> like, I already knew when he started talking about his wife. I was like, I know where this is going. I already know. Where is it going? Well, I don't want to spoil it for people, but she did. <laughs> I like
2: Lynn asking you, where is she going? Like, we don't know the answer. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like, you have read the book. You've watched two movies about it. Like oh, Such great movies. So, like, the expectations are unreasonably high, I gotta say. Yeah. Um, it was shit. I was kind of like, this is how much of a curmudgeon I am. I like find myself agreeing with the guy, like as he's doing all these things. I'm just like, yeah, yeah, you get those guys. Yeah, you you wave you wag your finger, you go ahead and refuse to pay that surcharge. I, would, I wouldn't pay that surcharge either. <laughs> like I'm like, I would say I think he, he portrays him as like a really relatable curmudgeon. Yeah, I'm really crusty, I gotta say. So it's not a high bar for me to relate to that guy, but it's hard for me to, I feel like, I don't know, maybe I am a softie because I read Mika in real life and I was like, yeah, it's so heartwarming. But I do tentatively dip my toes in those heartwarming stories because I feel like it can get towards the cheesy and I hate cheese. So we shall see how it goes. I hope you like it. I hope so too.
2: I think you will. Okay. So I am currently reading a very cute YA rom com called You, Me, and Our Heartstrings by Melissa C. Um, I'm reading this for. <laughs> Why are you
1: laughing? I'm just. It's about like musicians, right? Or something.
2: It is. I'm reading Ugh. it for my, so um, my <laughs> Cute Willow book club. <laughs> And I think it's really cute because it's a disability awareness book. Um, and so it comes with this like content warning about like ableism um, and just the way uh, people react in the book. And it literally says like, if this is too triggering for you right now, like, please put the book down. Like, Daisy, Noah and I will be here for you when you come back. And I was like, oh, that's so cute. Um because April is Disability Awareness Month and so that's why we picked it. Um oh. I will say it's already a lot smuttier. Um, Hell than yeah, some I love of the
0: smutty book.
2: Like <laughs> sitting here <laughs> just like um, y'all are minors.
1: Oh <laughs> Where my, are we going? Never mind, never never mind. mind.
0: <laughs> Hello everybody. As you can see our audio got cut off and we didn't realize it until we were editing apologies for this but hopefully this won't happen again and thank you for your understanding all right see you guys all next month bye shan
2: (laughs) sorry i was on mute because i was painting my toenails
1: Uh, (laughs) i'm just gonna be real (laughs) it's that time of of the, of the month <laughs> no not
2: even it's that i have to go to church tomorrow and if oh my, my god. nails aren't perfect everyone's gonna tell my mom
1: <laughs> oh my god back to the point um <laughs>